0: Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. Today's message, being in the middle of healing. We're going to talk about the wilderness part of our healing journeys today. That's the part in the middle. This is a confusing time for most people. So I want to help you understand what the wilderness season is all about, because it's different from any other time in our life. What do I mean by the middle? Well, when we have a painful event going on in our life or when we are bound up in some kind of sinful behavior, we are in phase one. This is when the event occurs or when it becomes evident we have a problem. This is the pre-wilderness phase or phase one. After we finish Our season in the wilderness comes phase three. That's when God has healed us and set us free and we're ready to go forward without suffering or bondage. The post-wilderness phase. In between is phase two, what I call letting go wilderness or the wilderness season. People often stay stuck in phase one because they are afraid of phase two or don't understand it. And therefore, they never get to experience phase three. They just slept that nasty wound or bondage around for the rest of their life and never get to experience the wonderful joy of being completely free from it. This is one of the great things offered in the Healing Journey class. We provide teaching tools and support to help people leave phase one and maneuver through phase two. It's not easy to get through this season alone. It's a minefield with plenty of opportunities to have something blow up in your face. So let's take a closer look and see if we can bring some clarity to this subject. God has given us a great example of our wilderness season in the Bible. In the book of Exodus, God didn't just release his people from Egypt one day and walk them into Canaan, or Israel as it's called today. There was a 40-year gap in that journey. Their phase two was very long, and we can learn a lot by studying their journey. Change needs to occur, but we resist change. It's human nature, and the more stubborn we are, the more we resist God's work in us. In any case, change has to happen for us to get free. And how does change happen? What does it take to get us to give up something we'd rather not give up? Or do something we don't want to do? (laughs) Well, for the Israelites, it took a lot. They had lived in Egypt for over 400 years when Joseph's family first relocated there to escape famine. When they did that, they had been welcome guests, but over time, their large numbers were perceived as a threat, and they were forced into slavery. They were a large group, probably around 2 million people, but they weren't free. They were in a foreign country with foreign gods. Likely, they were quite limited in their ability to worship God. This current group knew nothing other than slavery their entire lives. They were beaten down, oppressed. God had a lot of work to do in order to set them free and lead them to their own country, the land he had promised to Abraham 500 years earlier. God needs to do a total makeover along with convincing Pharaoh to let his free labor force go. The ten plagues God sent were just the beginning of the Israelites' transformation process. God pulled his people out from under the influence and hold of Pharaoh and the Egyptians so he could place them under his exclusive care for a special season. And he does this for us too. In our wilderness season, he pulls us to himself. He takes away everything we have relied upon or looked to, to save us, to give our life meaning. He takes all of the known and familiar away, creating a great need in us for his help. This is the letting go. We have to let go of the old, and this happens long before God brings the new. There's always a gap between the old land and the new land. And it isn't entirely a wasteland, but that may be what it feels like. The wilderness season comes with unique motivators that help us learn, change, and grow. As God takes away the things, the jobs, the ministries, the people, the bad habits, and the false idols that have contributed to our captivity, it leaves a void initially an uncomfortable void it takes time to discover what belongs in the place of those old things for the israelites a lot of change centered around food there was plenty of food in egypt and a great variety hunger wasn't the problem slavery was so when god set them free from pharaoh and they headed into the wilderness they couldn't eat the food of egypt anymore Now, you would think their thought process might have been something like this. No, there isn't much to eat out here, and I do think about the fish, cucumbers, garlics, leeks, and melons sometimes, but God loves us and promises to take us to a land of milk and honey. Even though I can't see it yet, I trust what he's doing here is good and for our best. But that's not what happened. When the food they packed for the trip ran out, God gave them bread-like wafers called manna and quail every day of their journey. It was sufficient, and it sustained them. Nevertheless, they complained bitterly and doubted God's care for them. They would not accept what God gave them. They wanted something else. God was teaching them to trust him, but they didn't learn the lessons. They judged God as lacking in meeting their needs. But he wasn't lacking. In fact, they lacked nothing they needed. But they wanted something else. That's called coveting. Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 7 says, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. You have lacked nothing. God took care of 2 million people for 40 years while they wandered around in their wilderness season. I would say that's a pretty good demonstration of his ability. But they couldn't see it because they didn't trust God. It didn't look the way they thought it should look. They judged God and complained every step of the way. And the same is true for us. The one thing I can promise you about your wilderness season is that it won't be what you expect it to be. It will be longer than you think it should be. It will be harder than you think it should be. It will take you to places you never dreamed you'd have to go. And you will relinquish things you didn't think you could ever relinquish. That is the nature of God's restoration process. I have another podcast on finding joy in the wilderness. If you would like some help with that aspect, check it out. In the wilderness, we need to learn to pull back, stop running ahead of God, and start walking in step with Him, allowing God to plan the course and lead the way. Our need motivates us to do this. Our pain motivates us to do this. Many of us almost need something to force our hand before we'll relinquish our control and let God be in charge. Dependency was a huge lesson to be learned, and there's nothing like being in a desert to teach it. God's people were not ready for the Promised Land when they first left Egypt. And until we travel with God through the wilderness— We aren't ready for it either. The life God created us to live requires us to have warrior mentalities, not slave mentalities. That transformation can't even begin until we learn to depend on God for everything. God provided the opportunity for the Israelites to be changed from slaves to warriors, and his provision was the wilderness, not what they asked for, not what they thought they needed. God is the only one who truly knows what we need. As long as our trust is in our thoughts and wisdom, we'll never discover God's best for our life. There's another side to the wilderness season, though. This is also a sweet time. As I said, the wilderness is a unique season. When we are healing, And being changed by God, we feel and experience things like no other time in our journey with him. It's wonderful. Intimacy begins to grow between us. I love this passage in Deuteronomy 1, 29-31. Then I said to you, do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. Just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes and in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you. As a man carries his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. During our wilderness season, God picks us up and carries us. He holds us while we're healing, while he's pulling the arrows out of our heart, while we're broken, lost and confused. He's sustaining us in every way, and if we'll only submit to his love and his care, he will do a wonderful restorative work in us. Now, eventually, God will put us down on our own two feet again and see if we'll start walking obediently on our own, but that's a podcast for another day. During this middle phase, this season in letting go wilderness, we get to experience a special relationship with the Lord like at no other they're, 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 they're. During my own nine-year season, I heard God's voice regularly. Here is where I learned my value to Him, His love for me, and my true identity. Dealing with all the betrayal, abuse, and abandonment of my life was so difficult. I I I lost those years. My job, my ministry, my marriage, my family, home, friends, everything. There was nothing left of my old life at the end of phase two except my kids. Everything else was gone. But slowly, life began to return. God gave me a new place to live and relocated me to Colorado Springs. And then out of his grace and mercy and tremendous love. He gave me another chance at marriage and brought Brian into my life. I got a new home, a new church, new friends, and the best job I could ever hope for, sharing God's truth and healing with people everywhere. I am so grateful for my own middle season, my phase two, when God brought healing to my life and transformed me to the woman he created me to be. I don't look back much anymore to the pain and suffering at that season. But I do very fondly remember the sweetness of that time with my Lord. Could I see any of that when I first entered Letting Go Wilderness? Not any more than the Israelites could have known how fabulous their new life in Canaan would be. They just had to trust God and go where he said to go. And I had to do the same. It's like walking blind, being in the dark. Nothing is familiar, and you don't know your way. Please accept these realities. They exist for a reason. God is using your discomfort and disorientation to draw you to him, to teach you about a new life, to make you new. He isn't making you to be someone different. He's making you to be the person you were created to be all along. We always want our journey to go as fast as possible. We want to get over it quickly. And this impatience usually takes the form of pride and disbelief in God. In our pride, we think, we don't need to deal with this or that. We don't need to wait any longer. We're ready to move on. This is all pride. It indicates our false belief that we think we know better than God, that we're qualified to tell him his business, When the Israelites approached Canaan the first time, they sent a group of men into the new land to check it out. The twelve spies came back with a report, a mixed report. Two shared about the goodness of the land God was giving them, but the other ten only saw the challenges ahead. The people sided with the ten doubters, and guess what? God added an extra 39 years to their journey, long enough for all of the doubters to die and a new group of people to be raised up, a group who would trust God. That doubt and pride came with a very high price tag and it caused their journey to be much longer. Ironically, our pride and haste to move on makes our journey take more time. The shortest way out of the wilderness is God's way out. Any attempt we make to do an end run around God will land us back in Egypt, not in the promised land. Belief in God is essential in order to complete phase two, our wilderness season. The Israelites' time in the wilderness serve many purposes. The same is true for us. Some we will see, some we won't. But if we will accept this necessary middle season, this time of letting go, God will take us to an amazing place and we will be living the greatest adventure of our life. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at His Healing Light to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today.